warned you last week or the other night, I can't remember, the other night we looked at when will the kingdom come and we looked at the day of the Lord and the day of mankind and the day of Noah and the day of Lot. There's a couple of days there we took a peek at. Today we're going to look at just what took place preceding that and it's the story of the ten leopards and... I got a question, probably the title of the message will be, Which One Are You? Which One Are You? I'll start to read in Luke chapter 17, verse 11. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Now Samaria, as you know, perhaps, that it was uh, the downside of things. I was born on the South side of Chicago, lived there till I was about five. That's the downside of Chicago. <laughs> and Samaria would be likened that to Jerusalem, although it's quite a ways from Jerusalem, but you need to, uh, you need to pass through it to go to the north side of Israel. And it was mostly made up of people that were part Jewish, or who had left the Jewish faith, or people that had married outside of the Jewish faith, and they practiced and worshipped north of Israel, of the mainland of Israel. And uh, they were looked down upon. They were the brunt of jokes. They were, the, they were uh, condemned by the self-righteous of Israel. And uh, they uh, had... A, a bad reputation, some of it earned and some of it not. And uh, Samaria uh, was a group of individuals that were forsaken by the Hebrew people themselves. And as they entered into a certain village there, met the hymn, Ten Leopards. This is Jesus Christ, and he goes there because he wants all people saved. He wants everyone saved. He's with his disciples, as we looked at in Sunday school class. And he entered into a certain village there, met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Now, a leopard was somebody suffering from cancer in some regards. It's a type of skin cancer. It's a type of cancer. Some people believe it is a cancer, and they didn't know exactly how it was going to be handled in those days. But leprosy is its own disease. But there are forms of it that can easily be misunderstood interpreted as cancerous and uh, it's where your flesh gets eaten away down to the bones and eventually you die from it and uh, the leopards in those days were unclean they didn't understand disease they didn't have the masks that we have now or the vaccines (laughs) and uh, they uh, they had to announce if you were a leopard you had to you had to. You were forbidden from coming to town, and if you did have to venture close to town, or in the area of other people, you had to holler and say "unclean" when they got within thirty feet of you. And if they were walking down the street, it was your obligation as a leopard to cross to the other side and avoid any contact with them. And they begged from distances and everything else, sat along the roads and. They didn't have government subsidies in those days. Uh, They had government oppression in those days, but not much for government subsidies. And uh, 
they would beg for their subsistence, and uh, there were some people that would minister to them at a distance. People would leave food along the road for them, literally. People would, uh, would uh, relatives and such would try to visit with them at a distance, and they'd form themselves into colonies and traveled in groups oftentimes because they had to be identified. They were easily identified by open sores and wounds upon them, and uh, they had to be identified and stay away from the normal, healthy, so to speak, people. And he, okay, and he entered into a certain village. There met him ten men that were leopards, which stood afar off, as according to custom and obligation and law. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So they called out to God. They called out to Jesus Christ. They called out and they asked for mercy. Now, mercy is getting something you don't really deserve at all. And uh, mercy is not getting what you really deserve also. And when he saw them, Jesus said unto them, Go, show yourselves to the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Now, I'm curious here, why do you suppose he told them to go show themselves to the priest? The priest had final authority over your leprosy. If you were suspected of it, you had to go before him, and he'd examine your wound. There were some procedures they would take sometimes, and it's all in Levitical law. It's in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. There's some laws about it. You can read about it. And he'd look at your leprosy, and he'd, just, he'd say if it was curable or if it was not leprosy, he'd tell by the wound and, and examine it and give you a course of action for a number of days, and you'd come back. And if he pronounced you a leopard, that was the last you were going to communicate with anybody at a close range. Even if you're suspected of it, you had to give offerings and stay shunned by people. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves to the priest. Jesus said he didn't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. And he still wanted these people to be obedient. He could have said, just come to me and I'll heal you. Or lay his hand on them. Or just say, climb up a tree and come back down and you'll be healed. And there's been examples in scripture of there told him, told the man to go wash in the river. But he told him to go see the priest. Now at this particular point in his ministry, it's well advanced in the book of Luke, he was at odds with the priests because they were living by the law. They were trying to get to heaven by the law. But he told them to go see the priests because he wanted them to be obedient in regards to the law, but not look at that for their cleansing. And so he goes to them, and he stands there. They go to them, and it came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. Now, notice the word cleanse. We'll take another. Next Sunday, we'll look at the word cleansed a little closer. But they were cleansed. They were healed. They were made clean. You see, the thing they had to holler when they said, when they seen somebody is unclean, unclean, don't touch us. You couldn't even touch a, a, a priest, couldn't even touch a dead carcass of an individual or an animal. And they said, well, and one of them, just one, now, we were talking about ten. Nine of them didn't, but one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. Isn't that something? Have you glorified God with a loud voice? 
Have you been cleansed? Have you had your wickedness forgiven? Are you clean before God? And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, There is not ten cleansed, but where is the nine? Eighteen, there are not found the, there are not found that returned to give glory to God, save this stranger. Now that word stranger, he's already been identified as a Samaritan, but he's also identified as a stranger. A stranger in the Hebrew term of things is not of your race. He was probably an Ethiopian or a black man or an Asian or he, was a, he wasn't of the Hebrew culture or race. So not only was he a Samaritan, a part Jew, looked down upon by the Jews, but he was also of a different race. How much lower on the totem pole could you get as far as society is concerned? They were already condemned to death because they have leprosy. You just, they just had to go off and wait to die. The other thing I want to bring to your attention is when he, all ten men were obedient to God. All ten men left to go see the priest, didn't they? So therefore, they got cleansed. They obeyed God's word and they received God's blessing. But only one came back and was and was made whole. See, this guy came come back in verse 18, and he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. So nine of them, all ten were cleansed, were healed. Only one was made whole. Have you met God? Or have you received him as your Savior? Nine of those men just met God. One decided to be completely obedient and surrendered himself and for sake of an effect became prostrate before God. Lowered himself and humbled himself in glorifying God. If you're saved, have you ever humbled yourself before God? Have you been truly made whole? Or have you just met with God? Is there evidence of your salvation? Have you given God thankfulness for your salvation? Have you thanked him with your actions? Have you thanked him with a change in your life? Have you committed yourself to him? Are you whole? You know, you can function without a leg. You can function without an arm. I went to the hot tub the other day, and the guy asked me about my toe. I've been functioning without a toe. I, won't, I says, I won't be whole till I get to heaven. There's a difference in being whole and just meeting with God. I don't know what those lepers went off and did. They were hung up more on being obedient to the law than praising God. 
we need to, uh, there's a balance there. And that man was obedient to God and thankful to God. And I imagine from there he went on and seen the priests. But he took a moment to submit himself and humble himself before God. Make a change in his life. God changed the outside. He let God change the inside. We need to submit ourselves to God from time to time. We need to let him make us whole. I don't know about you, but there's some days I don't feel complete. And it's not just over my toe. It's over spiritual circumstances and conditions and things that take place that I can control and can't control. But I go to God, and he makes me whole. He makes each one of us whole as we become obedient to his word. Well, I can't see any change in that individual's life. I don't know if he's accepted Christ as his Savior or not. He doesn't seem to get victory over this, or she doesn't seem to get victory over that. They're not whole yet. They're not really saved yet. They haven't submitted themselves to God's word and humbled themselves and made an effort to worship him. We need to take time in our lives to worship God, put him in priority in our lives. When we become prostrate before him, we elevate him in our lives. Most of us want a buddy. And some of us just want a little genie we can rub on to get things done. That's not God's position in a truly person's life that is whole with God. You put God up here, and you submit yourself to him. And as we touched on in Sunday school class, whether you agree with God or not, that's the way it's done. Whether you feel it's right or not, you trust God and take him at his word. Well, that man might probably struggled for a minute. All those guys, oh, we better go see the priest. He's going he's gonna to put the final okay on this, you know. And uh, the one guy says, hey, he's made me whole. I better thank him. I better show him where he stands in my life. I'm going to be not only obedient and go see the priest, I'm going to do whatever else he tells me to do. My life is changed. My emotions are going to be changed. As I continue to trust in him and his word, things will happen in my life, and I will be better. I will be made whole. I will be made new. I will come. All things behold, all things are made new. Isn't that what the Bible says? Are you struggling with the old yet? We all struggle with the old. He's going to always struggle with the scars from leprosy. But he's going to have the whole life that God wanted him to have because he's starting off in regards, the right regards. He's putting God first in his life. He's putting God at the top of his life. Well, I got married. I've been married 50 years. <laughs> Would have never happened if God wouldn't have became not only part of our lives, but first in our lives. My wife reminds me of that often. <laughs> but it helped. I'm whole. I'm not perfect. My wife reminds me of that. <laughs> but I know I'm doing what God wants me to do, and I have peace. I can, I, I can see the priest. Or I can't see the priest. It's whatever God wants me to do. So, there is, 
which one are you? Which one of those men, those individuals, we can all identify as sinners. We can all identify as weak. We can all identify as diseased. We can all identify as suffering from sin in our lives. We can all have a little baggage, they call it nowadays. We all have baggage. God says, if you listen to me and become obedient to me, I'll take care of all of that. I'll, I'll take care of that and use that baggage to make you what I want you to be. I can take your negatives and polish them up better than that rock and make a diamond out of you. I can make you solid and I can make you a blessing, not only to me, but to everyone else. So if you lack strength in your life and you're struggling with courage in your life, you're struggling with addictions and vices and problems in your life, baggage as we call it sometimes, turn it over to God and thank him for what you got. Be obedient to his word. There's the formula. Be obedient to his word. Thank him for what you got. Give glory and praise unto him, and you will be whole in all regards. You'll be able to move on from there. You'll be able to move up from there. You'll get off your knees. You won't. Everybody has somebody or something they're surrendered to, they're suffering from, or working to get away from. I heard a, a jail and prison minister. He was very good. He says, everybody's in a prison of some kind. Everybody's got a prison. Their background, their history, drugs, immorality, you name it. There's, there's vices out there that are capturing you and trying to control you. You want victory over them? Start being obedient to God, and he will make you whole. It's right there as an example. Start thanking God. You know. All right, let's all stand.